Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Childish, oh shit. How can I parent when I'm still a kid? Childish, oh shit. Who the hell decided I was ready for this? Hi, everybody. Greg Fitzsimmons here. Allison Rosen also here. Childish is brought to you by a number of sponsors we'll get to you later, but really it's brought to you by uh, Jesus Christ, and we haven't really, we wanted to get our audience in. Oh, before we... Before we introduce the agenda. Yeah. Um, I'm, you got me on board before I knew the agenda. You know, Jesus was a good guy, and I like when, I like when people love Jesus even though they're not religious. Like when you just think about... I feel like I'm actually one of those. Yeah. I mean, sorry, were you going to make fun of those people? Go no, for it. No, not at all. Oh, no, I mean, okay. I'm talking about people like uh, Eckhart Tolle or John Lennon or- Alison Rosen. Yeah, I mean, I just think Jesus was just a badass, cool guy. There's this book called, um, uh, what is it called? Zealot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about, it's like a biography of Jesus based on historical artifacts, actual written texts of people that were there. And it breaks down what that town in that part of the world was actually like when Jesus was alive. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And he really was. He was this guy that, you really know. Really revolutionary, the yeah, ideas. If, if there was a third street promenade, he would have been out there on a box <laughs> talking. You know, he didn't give a shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if 20% of what he did is true, that we, 20% of what mm-hmm. we read about him is right. true. He was a badass guy. Yeah. It is interesting to me that you decided to start our podcast talking about Jesus. I didn't mean to. I know. You just are filled with the, it was, it was the spirit. The spirit came through me. Uh, Speaking of, and we'll get into some neighbor stuff later. You know, my religious neighbors that I can't stand. Of course. The Wednesday night young adult mixer for their church raging God parties that they have are really on my last nerve because they're starting to get later and they're starting to get louder. And I don't know what to do. And thus far, I've done nothing. The choices are call the cops and be those assholes, which I'm like so okay with being weirdly, even though I was mortified that my parents were ever those assholes. Or send Daniel over there to talk to them. I just feel like given their, uh, and this is a, uh, a prejudice, but given their religious uh, identity, I suspect they'll... Uh, respect a man coming to talk to them more than if I come to talk to them. Well, what the women definitely will. Yeah. I think he should go over and be one of them, embrace it, get inside of them. Well, th- if they had invited me to their thing, yeah, I would have gone because I've got to see what's going right, on. Right. I need to I infiltrate. Think you guys, one of you should just go over there. Maybe it should be you and just get in there and start flirting with the guys <laughs> Throw a guy a handy in the bathroom, but leave the door unlocked so he gets caught. Right. Create scandal. Steal something and put it in somebody's purse and then point out that they stole something. I love it. Malign. Okay. And- uh, Besmirch. Besmirch. Because those words go together. And now you think I should do this so that their parties will be less loud? Because that's the goal for me. Well, they'll just start banning people. They'll be, they'll be, uh, what do you call it when you get thrown out? They'll be shunned. They'll be shunned from the community. They'll be excommunicated. You'll be excommunicated. Oh, boy. You need to get over there and they'll, excommunicate. They'll ride them out of town on a rail. That's right. That's the plan. So I think we should let our kids, our children know 
It's very warm in my studio. It's a very, very, very warm day in the valley. It's uh, a nice balmy 61 where Greg lives, but it's a mm. 1014 where I live. It literally is 30 degrees difference yeah. between the valley and Venice Beach, and it is eight miles away. It's very, very warm, and uh, I can already feel the sweat forming on my upper lip. And my taint is a soup. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, someone's cooking taint soup. It's taint and you're soup, all everybody. <laughs> and there's a couple of meatballs in there. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? You want some cheese? Spring? All right, that's too much. Listen, taint soup's on. Um, I was thinking this. Somebody was complaining that they, you know, they serve food. Uh, they serve food sometimes at. Uh, at comedy clubs. Well, they always do, but right. one club serves soup. And I was thinking, like, that is the worst food you could possibly... Soup, first of all, it evokes emotions that are not funny. Soup is like, it's a cold fall day. Right. You're starting to feel you're nostalgic. a little... You're nostalgic. You're, you're blowing on it, and you're mm-hmm. slurping it, and you're worried that it's on your chin. Right. It's you're fun. leaning forward. Yeah. You know, there's not room to giggle. You're stirring. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, you're clinking with your spoon. You, you worry you're going to scald your tongue. That's the yeah. number one thing with soup is you're right. worried about. It's an immersive experience. What is it about soup that when you get served it, you know it's too hot, and yet instead of waiting, what, four minutes, five minutes, you will continually scald your tongue. I, I know, expecting that it will have have uh, have uh, challenged physics yes. and cooled off faster than yeah. is possible. I'm not really a soup person, but you are, right? I feel I feel Love we've discussed soup. this before. Love What's your soup. favorite soup? Um, this is your like, number I like one. I a nice corn chowder. Number one parenting and soup podcast. If, Interesting. Corn chowder. I, well, if I'm in New England, I just love clam chowder. Good, good clam chowder. Lobster bisque is my favorite. Oh. That's a fancy soup. Yeah, it's all butter. Mm-hmm. And it's, but you, again, it's got to be somewhere where you're getting good, fresh pieces of fish. Right. Yeah. What's your lead? Like, what soup will you not even um, let into bed with you? Um, I don't like a French onion soup where they put the thick piece of cheese on top. Yeah. Because the cheese insulates it, and then the scalding hot onion soup, and uh, and then your breath is bad, and the cheese never really melts, and you try to get your spoon through it, and it's it's just a hard chunk. It's a good idea that generally falls short on the execution. Yes. And French onion soup is like you eat it and then I feel like two weeks later you're still like, I can still taste it. (laughs) Yes. It stays with you. Yes. It really does. A chowder goes down and it's gone. Yeah. You can hit and quit a chowder. Hit and quit a lobster bisque. So we're talking about soup and the heat and your nuts. But there's a lot of, we both experienced some pretty big things this week. (sighs) That cooled me off. Should I start? Yes, please. I, my family went to Chicago with my son and uh, we dropped him off at college and we left him there. Your son? Yeah. My, oh, my one. baby, my little redheaded, bold cutted baby mm. who I just adore, have adored at every step of the way. And the, f- the crazy thing is, you are. You're you're abandoning them. Every instinct that you have as a, as a parent is to not abandon your child, to not leave a rest area with them, mm-hmm. to not leave them at a playground, to not leave them at school. It's all about- It's ingrained, yeah. And then you go, and we flew off, 
And then, you know, I can talk about the trip, but just the moment where he was in his dorm room and we hugged and said goodbye, and then we walked off campus and we went to the airport and we waited for a plane all without him. Used to being in the airport with him, mm-hmm. buying magazines, going to big, get a Big Mac and, you know, hang out. And he just wasn't there. Right. There was four of you going and three of you coming back. And just thinking about him in the dorm that night, just met this roommate, just mm-hmm. met him. And now you're in this tiny fucking room without your family in a new city. And that's it. That's it. This is going to be it for four years. It starts here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about how how much he must miss us and how scared he must be. And granted, he's like a really mature 18 year old. He's like, he's traveled around the world and he's had girlfriends and he grew up in a urban environment where he has, you know, taken buses and trains since he was 14, gotten around the city on his own. And he's experienced drinking and smoking pot a lot. He's ready. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, it was still pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. When did, did it hit you the most when you, as soon as you said goodbye? No, it hit us the most when we were, we rented an Airbnb in Chicago and uh, no, no, when we were home and we were packed and we had called the Airbnb and we were waiting for it. All of a sudden my son and daughter hugged each other and they were crying. Oh, and then Aaron went over and hugged him and they were crying. Oh God. And then I hugged him and we were crying and, uh, it was like him walking out of the house, I think, hit us mm. the most. And then the actual saying goodbye at the school was weird because the roommate was there and there was a lot of people around. So it right. wasn't that moment I thought mm-hmm. it would be. Mm-hmm. But um, but the weekend was the weekend was great. I mean, we fucking, we travel hard. We hit cities hard. <laughs> we kicked Chicago's ass. We rented those city bikes. We tooled all around the lake, down the lake, the Ferris wheel, did some shopping. Went to the Art Institute, mm-hmm. which is the greatest art museum in the country. May not be the biggest, but it's the best. And it was like, it's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Remember oh, when yeah. he goes and he looks at that big yes. Surratt painting mm-hmm. that's all bo- dots, the pointillism? Right. And, uh, and he just loves it. We went there the first time we visited the school, and he's in love with the art. And, uh, and you get to go for free when you go to the school. Mm. Oh, that's so, great. So we dug that for a couple hours, and then... That woman, do you remember that woman, yeah. Alyssa, Alyssa West- Westring, Ring. I think. Alyssa Who's a Westring. professor there, right? Yep. And a listener. So Alyssa Westring now works for the president of DePaul University. Oh my gosh. 15,000 uh, person school. And she says, hey, come say hi. So we go in. Wow. She brings us into the office of the president of the school. The week school is starting. This dude sits down with us for 30 minutes. Wow, that's so Just great. my family and him shooting the shit. He'd gone to school in, in uh, California, and he, um, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, Esteban, uh, President Esteban, and uh, fucking cool guy. And oh, he's like, so whatever nice. I can do for you. So now oh, wow. he's got he's got Alyssa and the president. And then I got an email yesterday from a woman who is the, he's in the School of Communications, She's the dean of communications mm. who listens to my podcast and this podcast wow. and wants him to come in and meet with her. So he's got the shit locked down. And now how does he feel about all of this, given that it's coming through you? He loves it. Oh, really? Loves it. Oh, good. Yeah. Nepotism. It's a big part of our family. I did. <laughs> we believe in it. 
I did I not. I mean, when you're Irish, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of room to not have nepotism. Yeah. It started with the police force and the fire department. People got union jobs mm-hmm. for the Irish. My dad, you know, my dad was in radio. He used to bring me on his radio show. Yeah. And uh, introduced me to agents in New York. Mm-hmm. One guy, I worked with my first agent. I got through my dad. Your regulatory spelling. That's right. Now, I mean, allegedly she did audition on her own, and I'm enjoying her very much on the 90210 reboot. But still, she's a worker. She, Do you know her? I met her, but she's the real deal. She's like a smart, driven yeah. person. I would she, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that she auditioned for it. I would love to get her on my podcast. If any of the deans <clears throat> and presidents of our higher education facilities are listening and know her, recommend yeah, her. Yeah. I right. didn't know we had so many erudite listeners. I love it. I de- I never know what our demographic is, but yeah. it's nice to know that it's just it's not all street trash. <laughs> I feel like it's actually not very much street trash. No. Although. No, we get street trashy emails. We get all of it. Yeah. We, we, yeah, it's a, it's a diaspora. Um, on Alice from Rose's Street new best, trash people are not going to know what that word means. I barely know what it means. Um, on Alice from Rose's new best friend, Greg Heller, uh, who used to be a regular, who's coming back soon, um, made some comment about like what, like it's people in their factory listening which was, he is, he's an LA person. And I feel like he imagined that the people who listen to my show are these like people waiting for their acupuncture or something, Yeah. which I knew the comment was not going to go over well. And so many people who work in factories sent in pictures of them listening. So I don't know what the point of my story is, but I do feel like it's a little bit egocentric of me to share it. But back to you and your family. All right. So we go to Chicago, we do all this stuff. We meet with the president and then, uh, you know, went out for the, the Chicago deep dish pizza. And was then, it delicious? I've never had it. It's great. Yeah. It's great. It's a commitment. Mm. You, don't eat, you don't eat before for, for right. as long as possible. And then don't make plans after. It's like a casserole, right? It's thick. And uh, there's one that's actually so big, they flip it over like a pot pie. Oh, wow. And you eat it like a... So uh, my daughter, and you know, of course, this is all about Owen. And whenever you're a parent, and you'll, uh, you've I probably already like feel already like do, this. Yeah. You don't want one to feel like no. they're getting all the attention. So then you try to overcompensate. So JoJo's looking at her phone, and she's like, "Holy shit!" I go, "What?" And she goes, "The Growlers have a concert in Chicago tonight. Growlers are favorite band. Oh, and she turned me on to them, and they're great. It's like they're, they're California guys. Yeah, it's like my surf rock. friend produced their first album. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit." Yeah, so they're so they're great. So uh, so the concert's in three hours. So we uh, jump on our phone. We get four tickets, and we go to the Growler Show at this cool place called the Metro, cool little rock and roll club. Yeah. And we, you know, it's maybe a thousand people, and we go in and uh, we walk in the door, and she goes from being like, "Thank you so much, thank you so much," to like, "Dad, get away from me." <laughs> And she just makes a beeline with Owen to the, she, she's a mosher. Uh-huh. Oh. JoJo, she goes to a lot of concerts, like local concerts, yeah. like local Venice bands and stuff. And she, she goes in the mosh pit every I love time. It. Lost a shoe one time. Mm. She's and living. She's living. She <laughs> likes to crowd surf. Wow. Which I told her not to do because she'll be paralyzed yeah. from it. Or groped. Probably. Yeah. It's a crowd. Or maybe it's changed. It's crowd days. groping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Thanks for bringing that up. I hadn't really thought about the group. Yeah, sorry. Um, and uh, <laughs> so she splits off, and then me and Aaron go to the other side, and we're we're dancing, we're having fun. She's in front of me. I got my hands on her hips. We're 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 are rocking you, out. Are you the oldest people there? Yeah. Okay. By far, mm. it was an all ages show, so it was it was like <laughs> high school kids yeah. and college kids, 
And so, and people kept turning around and going, are you guys okay? Like, are we in your way? And oh, that's like, it sweet. happened like three times, which by the way is Chicago. Chicago is like sweet Midwestern people who yeah, happen to be in a big badass yeah. city. It's really a nice combination. And so, you know, so we, we danced, we dug the show. And, uh, so that was really fun. And then we, uh, and then they went to Bed Bath & Beyond. The way you do it when you go to college is you go to Bed Bath & Beyond in your own town and you do like a, it's almost like a bridal order, <laughs> you know, uh, your, your list. Mm -hmm. Oh, your, your registry. Yeah. So you register for all the stuff that you want at mm -hmm. the Bed Bath & Beyond in Chicago. Oh, for real. And it's like a couple blocks from the school. So they went in the morning. And uh, they picked up all his uh, bedding and sheets and towels. Right. And Do they still have so the twin extra long beds? I feel like the, all dorms have those. They're twin beds, but they're extra long. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And then you buy a thick pad to go on to. I think about when I went to college. Jesus Christ. We showed up for him. We had all these bag, duffel bag after mm -hmm. duffel bag and boxes and all this shit. When I went to college, I, I sound like such an old fart, but my mom drove me to Boston and... Uh, Drop me off out front, and the RA is there to help you bring your stuff upstairs. Right. And I have my dad. My dad was in the army, and I had his duffel bag filled with my shit. One duffel bag. That's it. And and the RA goes, uh, wh "Where's your stuff?" And my mom, like, who's funny as hell, she goes, "Oh, the U-Haul's coming later on." He's like, "Okay." I said, "Yes, yeah, so let's just take this up now." <laughs> And there was no, like, Owen's got this special half-inch foam padding for the yeah. top of the mattress and, you know, thousand-stitch sheet, whatever, kind of, <laughs> you know. And um, But it's, it's great. He's in a suite. It's it's him and uh, three other guys. Oh, cool. All African-American. He's the, he's the one white guy in the suite. Is it, are they all, how many, four of them sleeping in one room? No, no, or two like, bedrooms. Okay, and then one a connected bathroom. bathroom. Got yeah. it. Uh, but they're all from Chicago, which will be cool because he'll, you know, he'll, they'll show him around a little bit. And uh, his floor seems cool. He got to know, I talked to him the next day. He got to know a bunch of people on his floor. Um, but he was sad. Mm. I talked to him the day after we left and he was sad, you know. But Homesick? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens at the beginning? Is it like orientation and then classes start? He did orientation in July. Him and my wife went out oh, for orientation. Oh, right. So d when did classes start then? Right away? They started Wednesday. We dropped him off on... Well, we went on Thursday, spent a few days. Then mm -hmm. he got into his dorm on Sunday. And then classes start started Wednesday. And, oh, so uh, he started classes. How's he doing now? He got laid twice. No. No. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I called him on the way over here, but I went. it went straight to voicemail. Mm -hmm. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you did well, Greg. I feel he's like he's going to adjust well. Yeah, I feel like he he could not be more ready for this experience. Yeah. He was really looking forward to it, and uh, he's got good social skills. He's a very empathetic kid. He's going to be uh, um, he's going to be a member of the community. Speaking of comfort, as you were comfortable, yeah. you're speaking of comfortable bedding. This is a little bit different, but it's still something that is super amazing. What a great segue, Allison. Thank that you. That was good, Allison. Yeah, packed. Do you know Pact? They make... P-A-C-T? Yes. Yes. Ethical, sustainable, simple, uh, soft, pure, organic cotton clothes. It is... This stuff is so nice. It's so soft. It's made in such an ethical way that you can feel good about. And it is crazy affordable. 
Because you hear of like, oh, okay, well, if they're gonna if they're gonna you know operate their business that way, then you're really gonna probably have to pay a premium. No, like t-shirts and things for like less than ten dollars. It's crazy. Uh, packed outfits your family's daily life with the softest and purest organic cotton, offering hundreds of styles in unbelievably comfortable everyday basics for adults and kids. Packed also offers organic bedding sheets and bath towels for your home. You should have gotten that for Owen's dorm room. Well for the first time, we can feel good about what we add to our closet, knowing the best ingredients make the best fabric, and the people who made our clothes are treated equally to the people that wear them. Based in Boulder, Colorado, Packed has been pioneering exclusively organic clothes for over 10 years. That is why Packed has the best prices on organic clothing. Finally, style and sustainability are made affordable by selling direct to you at wearpacked.com. Use code Childish to get 20% off your first purchase. That's wearpacked, W-E-A-R-P-A-C-T.com. And the code is childish. Again, wearpacked.com, code childish. You know what else is a good thing, Allison? Uh, is it mission? <laughs> <laughs> That's my transition. Do you, listen, you're the king of transitions. Listen, speaking of transitions, my daughter, Josephine, Got her driver's license yesterday. Congratulations. We insured her right after the test, and this morning she took the car wow. to school. Now, that car happens to be floating along on a set of Michelin Premier all-season tires. Why? Because they're safe. Because they're safe, and that's my daughter. She's yeah. 16, and she's driving a car. I want every safety advantage she can have that's smart well listen you're driving down the road and you're a teenager and she's playing with the radio and she's gonna have a friend in the car which she's not allowed to but i know she's going to <laughs> i did all that too yeah and well owen did he the first day that he had his license he uh took the car came home and then i went out to the car and it's got an optional third row mm -hmm. third row is up <laughs> with mcdonald's wrappers in the back of it there you go yeah so, my mom's like if you just Drove to your friend's house and back. Why is there like an extra 45 miles on the right. car? So with all teenagers do, it's important that you give them all these advantages. Uh, the average family is going to stop and often emergency stop 20,000 times per year. Michelin builds their tires to perform every time. When worn Michelin Premier all-season tires, this is interesting, come to a complete stop, some other worn tires are still traveling over 15 miles per hour. Michelin is the world's leading tire manufacturer dedicated to enabling mobility and safety for all parents driving around with their loved ones in the back seat. Michelin has a rich 125-year global history and an unwavering dedication to provide products and services that make driving around with your family safer, more efficient, and eco-friendly. So next time when you're looking for new tires for the family car, consider Michelin Premier all-season tires. Michelin performance every time. Great. The soup is boiling. Stir I know, it. I know. It's getting real soupy in Maybe here. You can get a block of ice and just put it in a case. <laughs> I know. And a fan blowing. The... I know. Maybe we need better insulation in here. It's a really, it's a really lovely little hot box that I have yeah, going on. Yeah. Um, apologies for that. So, uh, speaking of school, mm. my son started school. Oh my, my Elliot went to preschool. Wow. Yes. Um, and this is like the two biggest I know. events a parent can have preschool and college. And, and we both, both did it the same way. Experiencing week. them. Damn. I know. Now I expected that he would, uh, just, It'd be so such an easy transition for him. And he is of the, there's like 11 or 12 kids in the class. And he's on the, I would say, 
more, I don't know how to, I'm trying to say this in a non-pejorative way. He's on the slower end of adjusting to it. I'd say like he's some, because there's a lot of kids who just like get in there and they just run into the middle of the things. And how many days has it been? It's been, um, let's see. We started a week ago, Wednesday. Okay. So it's been Wednesday and today is Friday. Yeah. So it's been seven, days. however many that is. Yes. Thank you for doing the math. Mm. Um, so this preschool does a thing that they call separation where the parents attend. Like in El Paso? Oh, I don't know the reference. Do they use cages? <laughs> no. <laughs> they really shouldn't call it separation. No. The oh, 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 I see what you're saying. That one. Yeah. No, they drink out of a toilet, but, um, uh, and yeah. So the parents attend with them at the beginning to like ease the transition for both. And they explained it as like, you know, for many parents, this is the first time that you're away from your kid. And I'm like, well, that doesn't apply to me because, you know, we have a nanny and I work and it's not, you know, he spent a lot of time away from me. Um, and then they, you know, you gradu- gradually, you spend less and less of the day with, and it's a short day to begin with, but gradually you spend less and less of the day. And they have like a little cafe, they call it the cafe that you go sit in. And at the beginning, the kids know like, okay, I'm just going to be over in the cafe. And then you get to a point where you say to them, okay, I'm leaving, but you actually just go to the cafe and then eventually you leave. Um, so some, many of the parents are already, uh, have they, they leave the school now, but there's a few of us where we're still at the school, um, because the kids are just like more wanting us to be there. And some of it though, I think with Elliot is that he's not used to being with me during in the middle of the day. So all of a sudden the fact that I'm there, it's like, yes, of course he wants to pay attention to me. Um, that was my point with all of this. It's just, it's, it's he's slower than the other kids at, uh, letting go. That does seem to be what I'm saying. That was not my point, though. Um, but he's he like each day he's a little more comfortable, yeah. and it's it's very sweet to watch. It's also a huge upheaval, and his sleep is affected, and he's I think just you know he had what was his daily routine, and all of a sudden now it is totally different. Mm-hmm. And every day he's very excited to go to preschool. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, he want yeah. He's very excited, but it starts at 1245 and beginning when he wakes up, he wants to go right then. So I've Why had does it to start so late. It's 1245 to 345. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, it's not an ideal schedule and it's five days a week. It's not an ideal schedule, um, for a lot of people, but it is a really nice school. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's very sweet, but it's been like a whole thing. Like there, there are many days where I feel like, I feel like I've barely seen my other son, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, so it's good. It's good. Um, and I love that he wants to go to school. Yeah. It's such a good son. Is there a teacher that he's really bonding There's with? There's three teachers, um, and he likes all of them. I uh-huh. feel like he's more focused on the teachers than the other kids, actually. Mm-hmm. But he's slowly getting into... Also, a lot of the kids in the school have older siblings that went to the school. So I think, so they're more, you know, they They know, know, yeah, they know the score a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, But like yesterday, someone came in and played guitar for them. And then he went up to this guy or got, it was Sam who played guitar. So I don't know if, I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Sammy Hagar? No. It's not the bad match. Actually, I don't know that it was. That's the thing about Hollywood is you never like, I do a, I've done a comedy benefit for my preschool up until this year. Mm-hmm. So I've done it for 15 wow, years. Wow, and you don't have a kid there anymore. No, I don't have a kid, but I love the woman that owns the school. So we have lineups. Literally, we've had Louis C.K., Zach Galifianakis, Sarah Silverman, Jimmy Kimmel, Nick Swartzen, um, 
Pete Holmes. And you got all these people? Yeah, Look just call you. them up and they come to this little theater and we we raise money for this little school. That's great. There's That's a little what you stage get when you live in L.A. School. I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. Many of the other parents are. I'm like, I've seen you in that show and I've seen you in that show. Um, but Sammy Hagar came, played guitar, and then Elliot went up to him at the end and they strummed the guitar together. And it was very sweet. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so I too have taken a child to school. That's amazing. Wow. And we transferred Elliot from his crib to a big boy bed, which is actually just his crib, but with like a, a rail on it instead of, we converted it from a crib to a toddler bed. Was He's, he able to get out of the crib before? He did that once a while ago and it freaked us out. So we turned the crib around so the high side was out. But the reason we transferred him from the crib to the toddler bed was because after the first night of preschool that we had an awful night that night of him in the crib, really, he's in a phase right now where everything is, no, my do, which mm -hmm. is him saying, I want to do it. No, my do. No, my do. So he wants to open all doors, close all doors. He wants to take his diaper off himself. He, everything, anything you do, he wants to do. And like, if I cut anything with scissors, no, my do today when I was like making coffee, no, my do. And so there's certain things that are too dangerous for him for to do. do. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is a whole thing. But anyway, I think he just was like, I'm, he just didn't want to be in the crib anymore. He didn't want to be in something that he couldn't control. So that was a very rough night. He was yelling, calling me, that night for a while, like, mommy, mommy, come. I want come. Mommy, come. I and like, I want, uh, it was, it That's was so awful. weird because you were in bed probably saying I'm going to come too, like right before that. <laughs> I knew you were going to make it gross. <laughs> Can't we get back to our wholesome discussion yeah, okay. of nut soup? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't believe this podcast is brought to you by Jesus and we're talking about <laughs> I this. know. How surprising. So anyway. So wait, this is So huge. we switched this him out. Huge. So so even though I felt like right when he starts preschool is not the right time to make another huge transition, but happens we're like, we have happens. to do it. Yeah. So yeah. the next night we put him in a bed. He was super excited about his big boy bed. Like really, like, like glowing. He was so excited. And we were worried that he was going to be coming in all night. Um, but he actually slept through the night in that bed. And yeah. then we didn't hear the pitter patter till the morning. Wow. Since then, there's been a little regression, but yeah. So big stuff afoot big in my house stuff. too. Wow. I know. Damn. And well, Jojo's and how's license? the potty training going? Potty training. I, I mentioned that I read that book, right? And then mm -hmm. it freaked me out. And then I asked the school what their philosophy is. And they said they feel that the kids do it when they're ready. And they don't need the kids to be potty trained when you go to school. So I decided I'm going to table this for now. I'm going to let him watch the other kids who are potty trained and see if that sparks his interest in it. And I do feel like him wanting, no, I do, about the wanting to take his own diaper off means that he's really very ready. So I ordered some underwear for him. Um, cause I asked the teachers like, what, you know, how do I know when he's ready? And they're like, why don't you buy underwear? See if he wants to wear it, you know, say to him, um, you know, ask if he wants to sit on the potty. So I'm just gonna, and also at the, like one of the kids went on the pot, like I'm making up this name, but let's say it's Sammy Hagar. <laughs> and he's like, Sammy Hagar potty. Elliot, Elliot, that's how he says Elliot, like Elliot potty. So he's showing interest in it. But when I say to him, do you want to sit on the potty without, your pants and diaper then he says no he just wants to sit on it 
in fully clothed. So I don't exactly I'm just waiting for him to be to re- ready to say like to get on there and actually go in yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. So JoJo's license though? My god, another big thing this week. I know. JoJo yesterday we got need her to license. Take naps. And you know, and we 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 had this whole contract with her. And I forget where we got it. It might have been from the DMV, but it's a contract that she has to sign and it's got like 12 things in it like I will not drink alcohol or whatever. I will not allow a friend in the car. You're not supposed to for the first 12 months. I won't change the radio while I'm driving. And so she had to read them all. And we went through them all and then sign it at the end. And uh, so that we spent like we spent like a good 45 minutes going through that last night for her to take the car today. And, um, you know, when I I know when I got the car the first time. Holy shit, it was a traveling nightclub. <laughs> I mean, at 16, we yeah. I took it out at night. My parents would go out, I'd take the car, I'd pick up as many friends as it could fit in. We'd go to the bodega, we'd get a bottle of tequila and some beer, mm. and we'd go park under a bridge, and then the cops would come and move us along, and we'd go park by the train tracks. And then So the cops would come at, even though you were drinking? They didn't... Yeah, we would hide it. Yeah. And they kind of knew us. They, It was fine. And then we'd go to the high school, and... We drink there, and 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 then I would come home. I shouldn't even say this on the air, but I would be drunk at sixteen. Yeah, and drive the car home. That's uh, scary for all my teen years. Did you ever get into an accident? Yeah, mm. yeah. My and my let my friend drive my mom's car one time, and he was drunk, and we didn't even have our license. We were fifteen. Wow. And he, uh, we were drunk, and he sideswiped a car, a parked car with our Jeez. car. And I put the car in the driveway, and uh, I think I told my parents the car got stolen. (laughs) And my parents had this thing where they just put their hands over their ears. They just were like, okay, okay, whatever. They just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, I think we we got her on a tight leash with the car, but my worry is she has ADHD, so she's going to start you know, playing with the radio or see something on the side of the road or whatever and get distracted. And, you know, if you, if a kid gets into an accident at her age, they will drop her insurance until she's 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. Now she understands that, right? We told her. Because that's, so that's the concern more than like a sort of uh, abstract concern. It's legitimately, how are you going to insure? Even one accident? One accident. Wow. Yeah. Cause back, cause I got into a little fender bender Rooney right after I got my license with three kids that I separate, separate, three separate cars. It was not my fault, but three separate cars. Uh, I went to school with all of them. And, um, then it was like, you get a point on your license, Yeah, but they don't, you do your insurance doesn't get dropped. No, but they rate, if you they get a point, it goes yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Also, well, you know, if it's small enough, you just don't report it. Right. You have to be a pretty big one to report it. Yeah. And then uh, she'd have her license taken away. But you know what? It's so fucking expensive. It's like three grand a year to have the two kids insured on the cars. And so you add it up. It's like they probably wouldn't take $3,000 worth of Ubers in a year. And that's not including paying for gas, parking tickets, Mm -hmm. tune-ups, oil changes, whatever. All all those. I'd rather they take Uber. Right. But was she itching to get her license? Since she was... 
12 years old. Yeah. First time she got behind the wheel of a golf cart and she drove that thing like it was the Dukes of Hazard. She was mm. like flying over hills and sand traps and screaming and like she oh was addicted God. to drinks. I was the same way when I was little, addicted to anything with a wheel. Right. And so, no, she's been, she's been, and she got in trouble. She was supposed to get her license in July, take the test, but she got in trouble. So we postponed it for a month and that killed her. Mm. So it's good because it's always good when you have something that you can hold over their head and go, if you want the privilege of driving the car, you have to do X, Y, and Z, your grades. We told her what her grades need to be, to be a 3.0 or better, or she doesn't get to drive the car. I actually have a question about that, about the follow through. Do you have trouble following through on consequences? And, and the reason I ask is, so, oh, one more big change. Oh, so boy. Elliot has always, he, uh, most kids Elliot's age are taking a bath in the actual tub, not a little like toddler mm -hmm. bathtub but Elliot has just not ever wanted to be in the tub he just wants to be in his little toddler bathtub and lately it's a real crisis to even get him to take a bath he just doesn't want to so a friend of ours told us about these little bath tabs that are these little tablets that you can put in the water and it makes the water change colors it's non-toxic um and it like makes them interested in taking a bath so he wanted to do that and in his little toddler shout out <laughs> Thank you. I have another shout out too. Right. Maybe we'll get to it later. Maybe on another show. Um, it just, the water wasn't like showing up enough in his dark blue toddler tub. So he took a bath in the big boy bathtub. So that was very exciting. Next night he was excited to do, but, but he was hesitant to sit down. He wanted to stand up in it. And then Daniel coaxed him to sit down. So the next night Daniel goes to give him a bath and he's refusing to sit down. And he is like, the point at which I am aware of what's going on, he's already out of the bath. He's wrapped in a towel. He's just bawling his eyes out saying like tomato sticker, tomato sticker, tomato or strawberry sticker, apple sticker. So he's saying apple sticker, apple sticker. I want apple sticker. I want apple sticker. And I'm like, and this is from just standing in the bath. Yeah. Well, let me explain. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, give the kid the fucking apple stickers. Yeah. What's the problem here? He's very, very adorable and very cute. And it's like rending my heart that we, that he can't have stickers. And Daniel's like, I'm saying to him like, no, honey, stickers are, you know, the stickers were only if you would sit down. So he had stickers are for closers sticker <laughs> and only for closers who will sit down and that the closing yeah. is the sitting down in the right. bathtub. If you're going to stand, then you don't get the stickers. Mm -hmm. And Daniel was holding firm on this. Good for him. But it was oh, breaking my fucking yeah, heart. Well, it's like sleep training. It's like yeah. it hurts, but it saves you energy in the long run. I guess so. But it was like really. And Daniel's much better, uh, clearly much better at that. Because Daniel was just like, yeah, it's a matter of fact. Like he didn't do what I, the stickers were only for this thing. He didn't do that thing. So he doesn't get stickers. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, just give him the fucking sticker. Mm -hmm. But then later... He found stickers on his own, not these stickers, but different stickers. And Daniel was like crestfallen yeah. that he'd done an end run. Yeah. So anyway, it is hard. Question was, it, like, it was hard to postpone her driving lesson, driving test, I mean. Yeah, she was very upset about it. And, uh, you know, because her brother's been driving for a couple of years and she just thinks it's so cool, the freedom that comes with it. Yeah. And she's a very independent person. Her first words were, all be self. It was really? like, it was like, I do. It was like, yeah, me do. Me do. It was like, me my do. do. My do. That my was, do. Yeah. Everything was all be self. So for her to be able to drive is and not just the fun of driving, but the, but the experience of freedom. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I couldn't 
I mean, it's such a different day, a different time now that they can use ride sharing apps. Yeah. Because I couldn't wait to get my license and not be dependent on my mom to take me places. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, imagine if you had access to Uber and Lyft. Greg, I need to tell you about something awesome. Marvel Hero Tales is a brand new way to experience Marvel stories whilst teaching children language skills. Jump into adventures as Iron Man, Spider-Man, Ms. Marvel, and even more heroes as they battle baddies, save civilians, and tackle trouble. As kids progress through their story, they'll be co-writing their adventure by choosing what words to use and how to build their sentences. I love this. Making a personalized Marvel comic book tale. Designed with children's language experts, Marvel Hero Tales is built from the ground up to engage kids in language education download today on google play or the app store again that's called marvel hero tales download today on google play or the app store you know we should take a moment to uh tell everyone about our live show with andy richter it was such a good time and i feel like it came out so well i couldn't have i couldn't have asked for a better turnout in the crowd of a better guest yeah it was was just we just had fun the whole time and um, I, we could have gone forever, but he had a hard out, but, um, yeah, if you missed it, go back, check it out. Very proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it made us feel like we need to do these on a regular basis. And I think we're going to, yeah, I think we're trying to do one a month if we yeah. can, and we'll see how it goes. Now I, we are of two different minds. You, I think you feel like let's hunker down at one great club that we love. Mm. And I feel like let's spread it around, baby. Consistency. People will know where to go. Yeah, maybe they'll you're right. like the club. They'll get to know their waitress. They'll know where to park. Oh, that's it becomes smart. Becomes easy. All right. Codependent crossfire. <laughs> God damn you! This happened. This happened over the weekend. We were having a debate over what to title the episode, uh-huh. and we went back and forth and back and forth. And I felt strongly. And I actually felt like, oh, I hope I'm not being annoying by like pushing my point. And then you're like, okay, that's fine. And then I'm like, no, damn it. I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> I changed, I changed my mind. Yeah. I, I, I used some martial arts thinking on you on that that's one. That's right. Should we, uh, so we put out a, uh, a call. So every Friday we put out a question on social media. And if you want to follow us on social media, please do. We love to see our follower account go up so that we feel like, uh, like we're not just in a vacuum. Uh, and so we're at childish pod on Instagram and Twitter. And we put out a question about neighbors, which was in response to the horrendous fuckwits that I loud fuckwits who are inspired by Jesus that I live next to. Yeah. All right. So we got a lot of these Instagram. Uh, yeah, it was great. So the, the, what's the worst neighbor you've had? God, we got like hundreds of these. Everyone's had shit shit fuck neighbors everybody's had bad neighbors um there was uh the only renters on my street of nine homes buried a body of a murder victim in their <gasps> backyard about 10 years ago i came home to police all over the property with a backhoe people think living in the country means there are no rules oh my god yeah. all right i guess i should that's the worst appreciate. neighbor i mean do we yeah. need to go further no we should that have you, the, the, you uh Lisa Marie you, Allen, you win a backhoe. You did the opposite of burying the lead. You started with the lead. I should have waited. That's <laughs> okay. Um, Listen to this podcast backwards. I had a neighborhood kid with six foot in elementary school that beat the shit out of me. Last I heard, he was in prison serving 10 years to life after kidnapping someone for ransom while he was, while he was towing their car. So wow. he hooked the car up to the truck and then he put them in the truck. He took everything. Yeah. 
And that thing about thing about kidnapping is like all you got to do if you if you're in a room with a with the person and they try to leave and you block them from leaving, that's kidnapping. Like it's a very we kidnap loo- our kids all the time. Yeah, then. right. Yeah, it's a very loose definition. This so is be careful, Greg. This is the second time you've mentioned this because oh really yeah you've said in quotes the thing about kidnapping because I remember the first time you mentioned it I thought should that be a show title um, which begs the question why do you know so much about the uh, spe- specifics of kidnapping oh it's my uh, my buddy Joey Diaz who's oh, got a good right. podcast he kidnapped somebody and went to jail for it right and so we've talked uh, at length about what he did. I think his might've involved the trunk of a car though. Did you have him babysit your kids or something? No. Okay. Someone has some babysitting story involving him. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's that someone babysat for him. He's such a, he's such a good dad. He loves his daughter, takes her to martial arts every day. And he's uh, yeah, he's really good. Um, this was, uh, they, my neighbor said he didn't have ID to cash a check, gave him 200 bucks. Uh, he gave me the check. It bounced. And when I rang the doorbell, I found out they moved out overnight. That's a commitment wow. for 200 bucks. Jesus. I know. <laughs> this was a uh, new guy two doors down, came over, introduced himself by accusing me of breaking into his house. Two weeks later, he left a note on my door saying he'd be watching me. Jeez. Six, six months later, he came over, said I called the cops on him, said the cops told him it was me. It wasn't. He's gone now. He's um, gone now. What does I that need, mean? I don't know, but I need more info. Yeah, I need more info. Like, how how did he get gone? Yeah, right. And were did, you involved? And did he end up, like, being dug up by a backhoe? What kind of gone? Re- he, was he relocated? Or, like, is he gone? He's in a mental institution. Oh, that kind of... He's... Like yeah, far gone. His family called in a seven one one. What is it? It's definitely not a seven one one. No, there's a nine. There's a nine one one, which is emergency. Yeah, and there's a number you call for oh, to get really? people institutionalized. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were saying it's the like like a fifty two fifty. Oh, is it fifty two fifty? You're saying there's a telephone number to call, but yeah. there's also it like oh he got fifty two fifty, which yeah. is like a I think it's a temporary. Okay. Look, we this and is if you just, fiction. And if you just go get them. And you have oral sex with each other. It's a 16. Right, right. Which I think is and if you wanna, better for everybody. Doesn't it calm you down? Staring six, at somebody's asshole for 15 minutes? It's a, it's a refresh. It's like smelling salts. Oh, nothing better than a good 69. You meet a girl on the dance floor, go home, throw a 69 on her, and then vomit in each other's genitals. And if you forget who you 69 with and you want to find out, it's a star 69. Right. And then you also have to be like a dog and just sniff. Just go up and sniff people's buttholes. <laughs> right. Um, last one. Had a real asshole neighbor who was always screaming at the neighbors and calling the cops for everything. Uh, but the worst was when she was yelling at my 14-year-old stepdaughter for, quote, tempting her husband. She was playing catch with her sister. Remember how we were saying, like, all are all of our listeners erudite professor people? Yep. Or are they not? Right. I feel like many of them are not. No, they're not. They don't sound like they live in good neighborhoods. No. Or but, they don't sound like they live in sane neighborhoods. But, you know, the 14-year-old stepdaughter tempting the husband, I think that uh, psychotic, she should be psychotic. concerned with the husband. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's The problem is not the 14-year-old. Right. Problem that is your was. Husband. What do we call that segment? We don't have a name for this segment. Instagram. Um, 
Social media instant, responses. Instant gramification. Ooh, Greg, you're on fire. Here we go. I love it. I'm, I've got to make a note of that because maybe we need some Any kind of title. instant gramification. Should we do a phone call? Let's do it. You rang. All right, here is uh, from our friend Amanda. Hello, Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen. It's Amanda here. So like you, Greg, we have a very close group of friends, BFFs, that we do uh, pretty much everything together. So it has recently come to my attention that the main couple, well, the husband, is having an affair on his wife. But it has also come to my attention that everyone in the group is very aware that this is going on. Now, I feel like a terrible person knowing and not saying anything. So my question is, should I be the bearer of this terrible, awful news? It would obviously be life-changing information, but I just feel awful. So any advice that you have would be beyond amazing. Anyways, keep up the great work. So my this is such a good question, such a hard thing to figure out. Um, I am curious to hear what you have to say, Greg. I The thing that uh, immediately jumps out at me is all of the friends in the friend group apparently know. So why are they not telling the woman like something's up? I feel like if all the friends in the friend group know and aren't saying something, there's some reason. And I would find out what that is before you jump in and tell her because here, here is the sad truth. I think I suspect if you tell, you're probably going to lose the friendship if you're the one who shares that news. That being said, I think there's, it's often there's reason to do it. I think it's probably usually the right thing to do. But in this case, does she already know? Like, what's going on? I don't know. It doesn't sound like a good friend group. I mean, if you got a right. friend group and they don't tell uh, the person that's being cheated on, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Okay, so are, do you feel like generally you should always tell the person? Just go tell them. You just yeah. you say, we need to go out for coffee. Maybe not a public place. Come over to my house for coffee. Right. That way, if they break down, then, you know, they yeah. can do it. Yeah. And I think you should have... Um, a plan of how you're going to break it to them, you know, and, uh, and I think you have to be a hundred percent sure right. the guys say, imagine if you told somebody that their husband is having an affair and you were wrong and you were wrong. Yeah. What if it was a pl- practical joke among the group that they all told you that he's having an affair to see what you would do as a test. And then you blurted out, that's fine. Cause I am too. And then you go fuck the guy because you know he's a player. Yeah. In fourth grade, <laughs> my friend Brooke and I told this girl, Danielle, who was very into horses. We had overheard her mom say something. And so we thought Danielle was getting a horse for her birthday. So we told Danielle and she was all excited. Turns out we were wrong. She wasn't getting a horse for her birthday. I still feel guilty. Oh. She did eventually get a horse. Yeah. For all I know, she's living amongst horses now. I don't know where she is, but she was very into equestrian activity. But I, she's a running brook. I feel really bad. Well, have you ever told someone that the? Have you ever been this in this situation? Huh? Have I ever told somebody? No, I used to be the one that was doing the cheating. And has it? Did anyone ever tell your, uh, your woman? No, I was good. I was good. I didn't, I, I never really got caught. I'm fascinated. Wait, look, I want to, I was going to say, I'm fascinated by the fact that you were like such a philandering douche. No offense. Before. It is douchey. Yeah. And then you've been like, 
that ship has sailed straight as far as we know. Well, the key is, well, I was drinking then right. and I quit drinking and yeah. that's when it stopped. Um, I don't know that you could not cheat if you're, if you're a cheater and you're drinking, you're not going to stop until you quit drinking. I'll right. tell you that. Right. And then also like when I met Aaron, I, I knew I wanted to marry her, but I was afraid to because I didn't want to ever cheat on her. Mm-hmm. And so I gave myself three years to see if I could do it. And I didn't cheat for three years, so I knew I could do it. Did she know your history? Yeah. So she knew that you were trying to see if you right. could. And she had cheated on a boyfriend, she told me. And how did you justify the cheating? I was so horny, I couldn't control it. I was so goddamn horny, I can't even tell you. I used to wish I could like remove one of my testicles or something. Mm. But like every time I was in the presence of a woman, I was putting out and receiving sexual energy. It's the way I related to women. Mm. And I had to fundamentally change that. And were you in therapy at all at the time? Yes. And I wanted to fuck my therapist. And I told her (laughs) I wanted to fuck her. Are you serious? Yes. Then what happened? This is why I only have female therapists, except for my psychiatrist now is a dude, but I've never been attracted to him. Well, it's like Tony Soprano with his therapist. Yeah. Like they, he said he wanted to fuck her and then they worked through it. And that's what helped me work through it is her saying, why do you have to objectify women and, and, you know, draw off this energy instead of connecting to them. And it helped me really look at my, the way I viewed women and the way I interacted with them. And, uh, I mean, I had, I slept with, you'd be surprised. I slept with a lot of older women, Mm. like much older. Ooh, what's the oldest? Well, when I was 19, I was dating a 40-year-old. Wow. Yeah. I remember celebrating her 40th birthday, and I was a sophomore in college. Did she want something more? No, that was the beauty of it. Mm. And that's why I like the older ladies. Yeah. Is they were, um, you know, I had a very good relationship with this woman, and we still are friends. Was this the woman? Was there like some vacation place you would go to? Yeah, and that's what in I the think. I, yeah, I think yeah. I know this story. Okay, so can we can we go back to the woman who's in a friend group and the cheating and the voicemail? Would you agree with what I said though, which is if you're the one who breaks it to someone that their spouse is cheating, you might lose that friendship. Now that's not reason what? to not friendship do it. Friendship with the person who cheats on their spouse? No, friendship with the one who's cheated on. I think you gotta you gotta take it for the team. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's reason to hold back because I think that there's like sort of a moral imperative here. I'm just saying eventually you'll get the friendship back, but at the beginning the person is going to have some very intense feelings about yeah, everything, right. and it may well they're going to be ashamed. Gonna, you're yes. ashamed when you're cheated on. You're a cuck. Yeah, yeah. You've been made a cuck, which is like. You know, it goes back to the animal kingdom, really. If you're, you know, if your right. pair bond is off with another one of your species, then you've you've been marginalized and you could die in the wild. Right. It's a very intense thing to right. be cheated on. Right. I read Shannon. Is that her? That's not her name. Andrea? She, Amanda. Amanda. Sorry. Amanda, My brain is mush right now. Step up to the plate, Amanda. Um, yeah. But also, Amanda, let us know. When you find out, let us know why these other friends aren't saying anything. Mm. Because I just wonder, does this woman know? That's what I'm wondering. I think a lot of times people that are being cheated on at some level, they do know. Yeah. Yes, yes. Except I recently heard a situation, a couple of friends of mine that uh, live in New York. She'd been with her husband for almost a decade. And they just, they were a great couple and they just split up. She found out he'd been like cheating on her left and right and she had no idea and that scares me yeah yeah 
People um, have cheat they serial cheat. It's not a one that's not true. I think maybe sometimes people have a one off. Maybe like, sometimes they marry the person they cheat with. That that's does what happen. happened to my uh my wife's uh father. Mm. Cheated, married, and was with her for another thirty years. Yeah. So that does happen. Yeah. I don't think that's the common situation. Right. But there was the, I've told this story before. This the only time I, I like I I like to uh Make I like I like to make mistakes, way back when. Uh, but I did sleep with a married man once, and I oh. felt horrible. Oh. I felt like I'd broken up. Like I felt like I'd committed a crime. I felt horrible. I felt so horrible. I don't think he did, but he was like, "This is the first time I've ever done this." Did you and believe him? No, hmm. I I knew he said that after the fact. I knew that he was lying when he said that. I was like, well, now I know for sure this is not the first time because there was something about how calm he was with everything. That's like, if this is the first time you would not, this is like, you clearly don't think this is wrong. Cause I, I was racked with guilt. You should have, when you, when you guys were, were done laying there and he probably felt ashamed, you should have just started kissing his wedding ring. <laughs> and say, can I wear that? Yeah. It was like a really garish wedding ring too. Oh, should have been a sign. Um, this is uh, speaking of of sex. I have. I feel I should tell. Greg feels I should tell everyone, and I probably should. Drum roll, drum roll. I resumed marital relations hey with my now. husband. It had really, really been a long time. It had been a long time. Well, to how the, old is O two? Six months. And how long was it during pregnancy that you that you? Uh... Oh, I can't remember. It wasn't frequent. I'll say that because I was uncomfortable and I wasn't feeling so sexual. So probably a good month it's before. Been, it's been a look. I'm sure I don't either. Daniel's like I've blocked it, or he has a calendar somewhere. But or he has a guman. Is that a lady on the side? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> look at your smile. Maybe it's Amanda. Oh my god. No, hey. Amanda's friend. Yeah, Is that what you mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why no one's telling. The reason <laughs> Amanda's friend, uh, Amanda's friend's friends aren't telling her is because they know she's hooking up with my husband. That's right. <laughs> that's awkward. Now, the thing is, and Amanda doesn't know. Yeah. Otherwise, she would have never called into this show. She would have called into like some other show where they answer questions. Anyway. Um, it Yeah, I had declared a moratorium on us talking about it on this show because I was like, I just don't feel like it's right and fair anymore for me to be airing this laundry. Mm. So now, I'm, and I'm sure Daniel would feel mortified if he knew that people knew that it had been forever. And he would also feel mortified if he knew that people knew that it's we've uh it's things are 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 back on track so let's well, just keep this a secret between all of yeah, us what's the priority childish or your marriage come on i know we've I sunk to... a lot into this we did a live podcast <laughs> that's right we have we have wall art which we, we have got an air conditioning now oh yeah canvas the on demand nice. yeah, yeah i know uh so anyway anyway here's the thing it brought up a lot of feelings afterwards and it made me go, oh, I think this is what I've been trying to avoid. This heightened, raw, vulnerable, insecure feeling that I'm having right now, that's what I was avoiding by avoiding sex for as long as I was. And I think it's good. I mean, it's like I, I have to face all this stuff eventually, but I was just sort of 
surprised at what I felt after, because it's not like this is the first time we've been intimate, you know, but, um, why, I just, why do you think you were afraid of those feelings? I don't know. I mean, some of it, I think, and I hadn't really like put it together that I was going to feel this is like, I've talked about, you know, I'm still carrying a fair amount of postpartum weight. And so having like, it reminded me of having sex when I was heavier in my past, just because in, in the words I used in the middle of the act, there's a lot of thigh meat in the way. <laughs> like it just actually affects the positions uh -huh. and stuff like that, you know? And so to, to be intimate in a body that is different than the body that I'm used to, but is the body that I used to have and used to be used to, uh -huh. like brought me back to a lot of those feelings. And then also feeling like, is he still attracted? I mean, and he did nothing to make, he on the contrary said a lot of nice things to reassure me that he's is still attracted to me. But I was surprised that I'm still like, is I really deep down was like, is he still attracted to me? Is he still into this? Is he, you know? And then I like later the, and I, and I felt, closer so so this happened it was in the morning and who initiated i did i did um and then he you know it was it was good it was great he went to work and that was that and then i took a shower and was in the bathroom and then i started thinking about things he had said the day in the in the days before that had sort of bothered me and all of a sudden i was like kind of circling on like things that that's that's a that's a whole separate episode. We we butted heads a little bit over him feeling like Elliot should get a haircut. And Elliot got a haircut and it's very cute. But I was like feeling like, why is it so important to you that Elliot gets a haircut? Like it, when I when he's feeling like Elliot needs to get a haircut, what I hear is that he wants Elliot to conform. And I have a reaction to that. And I don't know that that's really what it is. But and I, I felt sort of like we hadn't really resolved that. So then I started thinking about that. And like I found myself wanting to go into these like – I got, I, I almost felt like I was getting very black and white in my thinking about like, I'm feel very angry at him. No, I feel in love with him. Like it just, it was just a lot of emotion all at once. And I was like, Oh, like I'm just repeating myself now, but like, this is what I was trying to avoid. Like I was keeping a lid on everything. And all of a sudden it felt, it was like I'm a snow globe and someone just like tipped me over and shook me. Wow. That was one of the positions we did. And there was so much shaking with all the thigh meat. <laughs> so that's heavy. That's it was. heavy that emotionally you had all this stuff yeah. bottled up. And I can see that. I mean, sex is a very vulnerable act. And I think in a marriage, you can really get into a holding pattern yes. of intimacy where yes. you don't go deeper because you're dealing with two kids now instead of one and, you know, whatever complications that, that come along and you're holding it together and, you know, you're both working and, and sometimes... Like, I don't want to face stuff. Right. Right. And sex makes you feel things. Yes. That it forces you physically to, to let out some emotions. Right. That you hadn't dealt with. My therapist said beforehand, she's like, just know that the longer you go, the harder it's going to be, um, which is interesting. Yeah, and he was probably hard as a rock <laughs> seven months. Right. Yeah, I don't know. A and I haven't discussed all the feelings that came up with him, and I feel like I should. Yes, that's a really profound conversation you guys can I have. I know, but see, and I'm I like think, in an avoidant place. But that's the thing is now you've broken it down 
stay there. And that conversation that you have is going to actually then create more physical intimacy because it's right now they're, they're on, they're parallel paths, but they're Mm -hmm. not converging. What's the, they, the emotionals part of it and the the physical part of the intimacy. And you need to get them back together again. Right. Right. I know. I know I should talk to him about it, but my hesitation is I don't want it to devolve into a conversation. The one that part of me wants to have, which is like, are you sure you're still into me? Are you sure you're still attracted to me? Like, I don't want to, I don't want that sort of like begging for reassurance, which I should say is not where I normally am in our marriage. Like I'm not usually like, well, tell me I'm okay. Mm. I mean, even you can hear in the tone of voice that I like, I have some sort of judgment about a person like that. Cause I used to be very needy. I used to be that person in all my relationships. So I don't want to get into like a begging for reassurance thing from him and then him giving me reassurance and then me being like, are you, you know, like interrogating it. Like that's just a, a neurotic place. Yeah, you don't want to place. impose issues on something that doesn't have them right, right now. But I mean, look. But at the same time, we should have a check-in over, like I suspect he's hesitant to check in with me about that because he was just like, that just fell out of the sky into my lap, literally. And I'd, you know, because he was, because I initiated and then he, he was like, of course, like super in, you know, ex- excited by the idea, but like, are you, sh- he asked me, are you sure a couple of times? Cause he knows that I've been like, I'm not, I can't do this yet. Um, but yeah, we have, but also it's like that when you have two kids, you're working, like we haven't even had time to really talk about it. Well, you know, it's all about in a relationship, not, yeah, not, it's about self-acceptance. If you mm-hmm. can accept your body, you don't need him to reassure you. He so wants, true. he loves you and he wants intimacy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, he, thank he, you. Yeah. Just, just somehow if you can accept yourself, the rest takes care of itself. Well, like we were talking about, I've been listening to a lot of Lizzo. Oh, good. Yeah. But then I just recently switched to Jesus Christ Superstar. So there's no body positivity message in that. Which should be the theme of this show, this episode. Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah. Remember how we started? I know. You? Yeah. That's right. Um, thank you. Uh, you're, you're surprisingly tender and sweet sometimes, Greg Mm. Fitzsimmons. Well, I care about you and I'm happy for you. This is a big, big moment. Thank you. Um, but again, this is a secret between all of us. Yes. (laughs) If you're out there, let's not tag Daniel in this episode. Please don't. On the Instagram. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's been a super fun episode. Yeah, great episode. A lot. Jesus. I, I mean, we almost should have spaced out some of these big announcements. I know. This is, we got we nothing. Like we're like five bombshells in this episode. Nothing next week. Yeah. Well, um, we'll take if, the week off. If you'd like to call in, 323-553-2331. Uh, that's how you leave us a voicemail. If you would like to email us, childishpod at gmail.com. Again, follow us on social media. If you go to our website, childishpod.com, there's uh, all the contact information is everywhere. And please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a nice comment. That helps it's us. Also, uh, I do stand-up comedy for a living, and I'm going to be doing it in Vancouver on September 20th and 21st. At uh, in Seattle at Laughs on September 22nd, Fort Worth, Texas, October 4th, Plano, Texas, October 5th, then Houston, San Francisco, Kansas City, Denver, Cincinnati, Philly, Portland, 
All of it is at fitzdog.com. Get your tickets, come out. Say hello. I'd love to meet you and tell me that you listen to, to uh, Childish and I'll give you a hug. And, and I will too, even though I won't be there, yeah. but it's a spiritual, uh, emotional hug. Um, check out my other podcast, Alison Rosen's New Best Friend. Uh, just had Stephanie Whittles Wax on. She is uh, Harris Whittles, beloved comedy writer who died of an overdose some years ago. Um, his sister, and she has been doing all sorts of, of wonderful things. Uh, she wrote a book and she's now launching a podcast network and they have great podcasts. And the first one is in a, in a very well-produced narrative way, looking at the opioid epidemic. Um, so listen to that episode and, uh, all my other episodes, they're fun. Even though what I just described is it's, but it, it was fun despite what, everything I said, uh, alisonrosen.com. Also I'm on cameo and I, now I'll pay you. I've lowered my price enough. I, I pay you to hire me. Cameo.com slash Allison Rosen. Dude. All right. Well, listen, uh, well, we thank you guys for listening. We look forward to the next time. My name is Greg Fitzsimmons. I'm Allison Rosen. And we are Childish. Childish.